The Electrician Podcast, powered by Schneider Electric. We're bringing you the electrical industry experts you need to hear to discuss the topics you need to know about. Hi guys, welcome back to the podcast. It's Sean Miller here. And tonight I have Dan Jackson, aka Dan's engineer, as our guest. Welcome, Dan. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Um, the big question I have for you is, what is Dan's the engineer? What is Dan's the engineer? Um, Dan's the engineer is it's my online alias. That's what it is. It was it was something I could come up with when I was posting stuff on social media. It, it was over three years ago now. I started, you know, really posting stuff on LinkedIn. Um, start, set up my YouTube channel, and I had to think of a name. And it just kind of stuck. Um, I made created my website, and that's just that's just me. I'm known as Dancy Engineer, but my real name is obviously Dan Jackson. And you mentioned three years ago you started to post more stuff on social media and set up a website. What was the goal or the ambition at the time? So three years ago, I was running a electrical contracting fire alarm company. We was doing rather well, and. The reasoning behind me starting creating videos was to bridge the gap between clients, contractors, engineers, manufacturers, um, voluntary bodies, and get everybody involved and talking. And it's from, even though I was a contractor at the time, it was from an impartial point of view, from the most part, um, some may argue, but um, it's... I'm for the electrician. I I am an electrician and I see what the struggles are, what the good points are. And, you know, I do have a soft spot for people trying to make a, a good living in that position. And so I have always wanted to promote professional standards and increasing your competence. And the main reason for that, Sean, is that I've made a lot of money in the past through other people's rubbish work. And honestly, so some people have said to me, why are you moaning? Because you're, that's how you generate income because someone does a rubbish job. I go rip it out and install how it should be. But to me, it's false economy. I like to have a, build a good relationship with my clients. And it's all about longevity and cost, cost efficiency and just, you know, I, why are we getting people in who are doing substandard work when we're talking about people's lives and safety when we should be doing it correctly in the first place? So I was raising some questions. There was a lot of controversial stuff I've put online in the past. I'm not going to lie. I've had some nasty legal letters my way in my time. I've avoided quite a few recently, probably because I've moved and they don't know where I live. <laughs> but um yeah it's it to basically get people talking really and social media is obviously very easy to voice your opinion but the whole point behind the engineer was to provide facts and information and i i shall say this now any nasty legal letter i've had has never gone anywhere simply because i always have facts and information about what i'm saying it's not a case of me just ranting like some, you know, some of the guys on Twitter do on a Friday night when I've had a few coronas. Um, I mean, Fosters. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I should say that word at a minute. But yeah, um, it, it's all about, you know, being that professional. 
And, and what has then the engineer evolved into today? Oh, that's a good question. That's a good question. So I sold my contracting company in 2018 in the summer, and I just needed a break from the industry. I, I was, how old was I then? I was 30 at the time. I've obviously been working since I left school and anybody who's been working in a game flat out for that long, six, seven days a week for that period of time. I mean, don't get me wrong. It wasn't like that towards the end. I had it really cushy. It's a very good work-life balance towards the end. And that's what I worked towards. I just needed a break, Sean. So we went traveling, come back to the UK now. And I've been consulting. I've been coaching. There's some stuff coming up in the future, but I've, I've been doing a range of things within the industry, but from a different angle. But the, I think um, what I was saying about my channel and what it was about, about liaising between manufacturers, contractors, engineers, clients, the rest of it, I still kind of work within that, in the middle of everybody. So I work for manufacturers, I work for clients, I work for contractors, I, I coach engineers, I coach business owners. So it's kind of developed more into what the basis was originally. It's all about upskilling, upgrading, and, you know, bettering your career or your business, essentially. So I've got, I got two questions for you. I'm going to trade you an easy one for a more difficult one. Right, okay. So the easy one is, on all your travels, um, what was your favorite destination? And then the harder question is, you talk about upskilling electricians in the industry and your passion for um, promoting competence. What's the number one piece of advice you'd need uh, to give electricians or feel is needed to help enhance competence in the industry? Okay, so the first question, favorite place when I'm traveling, that's actually very difficult because there was so many amazing places. I loved living in um, Australia in a van for three months, going beach to beach. However, I'm going to say Bali. There's nothing like sipping a coconut on the beach in Bali. <laughs> and right now, bear in mind, we're, if people are listening, we're in the middle of the lockdown of coronavirus. There's nothing more than I want to be back or forward onto that beach, just wearing my swim shorts with my with my coconut that cost me 10 pence. <laughs> um, answer to the second one, I think it's, it's a phrase that I used by a, a friend of mine, uh, you might know him, Paul Meenan, is the more you learn, the more you earn. And I've been very arrogant when I was in my younger days of thinking I know everything. And it's because I didn't really meet anybody who had the same knowledge as me and then I met some really clever guys that make me feel like I'm stupid. But it's not a negative thing. It, they encourage and we want to learn. It's all about learning. So in terms of competence, you've got to understand what you can do and what you can't do. And you've got self-awareness is, I mean, in all aspects of life, self-awareness, just having that time to sit down and look back and reflect on what's just happened on a situation, having that time helps you move forward you can't think you know everything i even say to my daughter um, because um some you know some people say to her i know everything i'm an adult and my daughter always says because i teach her this she's like nobody knows every everything anyone who thinks i know knows everything is an idiot that's what she says to adults <laughs> you say that to her and that's because what i kind of preach i guess you've got to, and i mean i know a lot about certain aspects of electrical fire i don't know 
everything i don't know a fraction of what there is to know you know it's all about keeping learning i mean you raise a very good point there i'm going to expose myself as being a massive geek right now um so one of my uh favorite uh characters in the world is warren buffett and he has a similar theory um he always says surround yourself by people better more intelligent yeah. than yourself and they'll drag you up opposed to if you're the most intelligent person in the room, you're going to get dragged down um, without trying to sound harsh. I think it just points home that message that if you do challenge yourself and stretch yourself and look to be pushed, it will always benefit you in the long run. Yeah, I think, yeah, definitely. Definitely with your career. But I myself have even gone through sort of periods in life where I'm no longer friends with people that I was before because we're very different. And I'm open to change and a lot of people aren't, which is fine. It's, you know, it's not fine. It's not like I'm, I'm, I'm not saying I'm above anybody either. It's just different directions. Yeah. I mean, that can happen in all sort of relationships, whether it's business, um, romantic or even friendship, you know? Yeah. I think it's, it's important to stretch yourself. And I mean, CPD is really important for competence. So Dan, for, a small electrician starting up, uh, what struggles are they going to face? So if you're going from electrician to having your own company, whether it's just you or, um, you know, you're looking to employ people, I see various different struggles here. But one of the big ones is mindset on money, which, and there's so many different angles to it. So to run an electrical contracting company, you need finance to, it's the fuel. And yeah, you're trying to make money, um, but you need it to make money. So I think a lot of people start off with no working capital and you need to understand when you're running a, a contracting company, you need that money. There's ways of getting it. There's, you know, there's loans. Obviously, if you've got your self savings, you can, and you're a limited company, you can, basically pump money into that as a director's loan. Um, you can borrow from the banks, although you need to be aware that of the stipulations of doing that, because that, you know, I've, I've seen it in the past where we've gone into a recession, which we potentially might do soon. If the banks want to pull the money out, they can. And I've seen that in the past. So you have got to be a little bit careful. There are government back loans as well. So obviously that they're guaranteed. Um, so, yeah, it's understanding that you need the money, but also you need to understand the value of yourself and your services. So a lot of people start going in and undercharging to get their foot in the door. Now, whenever I was contracting and um, I have a new client, a lot of people immediately think, oh, to get in with that, that company, I need to undercut myself by you know 20%, 30% to get my foot in the door that you're just creating a problem by doing that because you're now giving off this perception that you're that low cost contractor. Now, if you give off a perception that you're a very professional service, you, and you, you have got to deliver, you, you can't just tell a story and not deliver the story. You've actually got to, you know, fulfill your promises. Um, but if you show your worth, you charge accordingly. And a lot of electricians seem to believe there's this magic number out there that everybody charges 250 pound a day. And a lot of companies I say, why do you charge that? Oh, well, because you know, our five main competitors in the area charge that. Why? Like everybody's costs different. We all have different overheads. We all have different wages. 
we shouldn't be going, oh, well, they charge that, so that's what we charge. No, you need to know your numbers. You need to factor them down, understand your overheads. And this is where software comes into play, by the way, because there's there's all sorts of job management tools. We've got um, accounting software that will help you understand your numbers. You need to do the maths. And then you can work out what you're, what you're working with profit-wise. You need to know that margin, what you're working with. So, you know, of course, if we want to get something and we want to dangle the carrot, we need to know the margins we're working to a bit. A lot of, a lot of um, making sales, especially to one-off customers, I guess, and, you know, we're not talking mass- massive projects here. It's a massive mindset on how you achieve the sales. But people buy from confidence, Sean. And, and when you when you go in, not really know what you're talking about, not really know what your price is, people are a little bit put off by that. I mean, you raised two, two points there around um, trust and reputation. How important is it for a contractor to work with reputable manufacturers? And do you see any um, – oh, let me just rephrase that. Do you think it's important for contractors to work with reputable manufacturers? So you should only ever work with uh, Schneider Electric and nobody else. Um, I can't name them because I will be shot. Um, no, um, it depends what you want to do, Sean. Um, I, I spent a lot of time figuring out what was the best kit and what costs. What, you know, it's not just about what was you know, expensive, but what was cost effective for my client that caused me the less hassle. I don't want to start fitting gear that starts going bandy in a, in a, in a year's time. And then it's a, a dispute about warranty and stuff. And, you know, do I charge to go back? Do I don't? Because, you know, strictly speaking, you know, if it's a manufacturer's problem, you should charge your labor because it's not, it's not a labor um, guarantee issue. It's a manufacturer's warranty issue. But then, you know, try, how's that reputation going to go that you've suggested some kit, you've fitted it, and it's going wrong, and then they've got to pay it again. They don't care that it's a manufacturer. They care it's you. So it's really important to build relationships with manufacturers, in ter- not, not always directly, but sussing out what is the best gear. Um, and, you know, what's obviously it's got to be compliant. There's a lot of stuff out there that's non-compliant to install. And, you know, people are unaware of that. I have always liked Schneider um, because they're a good com- they are a good company to deal with. And it's the same as, you know, some of the fire manufacturers and, and everything else like um i've had issues i'm not going to name the manufacturer but i've i've had an issue with um they bought a new range of kit we installed it because we had no choice that's all we could buy we had a couple that went wrong and they come out for free with us on a service and they changed everything like they did not mess around and it, to them it was about their reputation now as a contractor that's what you should be doing as well very good advice there. I mean, it, it comes down to reputation. It's so important. Um, and and, and so just to add on that, Sean, sorry to butt in, the problem with electrical contracts a lot of the time, there's such small margins. Now, if you can increase your margin, it allows you to play a little bit more. So if you have got a client that's having an issue, and even if it's contractually, not your problem, it's their problem, they need to pay for it. But really, if you can, if you can claw back and go that extra mile for your client, they, they're going to appreciate that, well, hopefully. Um, I, I definitely have in the past, and you start to see that if you make someone's life easier, they're going to come to you, aren't they? Yeah, definitely. Um, so you made a good point there around um, development and wanting to upskill. Um, how do you do this through your coaching services? So I, 
I coach business owners and they range from your one man band and I work for one company, which is a seven million pound turnover company. They all have the same problems, but on different scale, which makes it easier for me because you just apply the same principles on a different level. And but what what my coaching is about is individual development. It's the biggest part of it. And individual development of the business owner and also the people who work for you. It's really important. It's about investment into people. And in this electrical, I mean, I know the electrical industry very, very well um, from experience. And also I'm I know a lot of people who give me information about certain aspects from different angles. So you know, it helps me with my career, but also it helps me with my coaching because um, there's there's a massive lack. I mean, the the problem with employees within a business is that as a business owner, you can't just force them to learn like you, and that's where you need to learn different management techniques and and so forth. But you almost have to sort of um, create your own mentorship within your business. And particularly in the fire, in the fire industry is, I mean, it's, it's cutthroat in, in terms of recruitment, in, you know, employing um, service engineers. People say they don't exist. They do exist. It's just that people stick onto jobs. I mean, especially right now, but it's about attracting the right type of people. And when you're trying to develop your business or grow your business, you, you can't just focus on one thing. It's the bigger picture. You've got to understand that there's a massive building and you've got foundations underneath. You've got services, that utilities within the property, like you, you've got internet, you've got power, you've got heating and everything else. It's just the same as a business and you just need to apply that and understand that everything's got to grow together. If something doesn't, your foundations might not be strong enough and everything crumbles above if you try and build a tower too tall. So obviously I have a, a business model that I've worked on. It's something I've created myself through experience and what a lot of it I took from my contracting because that's this is the difference here. I've done contracting. So I understand intimately the ins and outs and the struggles. And um, But yeah, for me, it's, it's about um, personal development and showing compassion within your business as well. And what, what you, anybody has to understand, and this is my belief, is you, you get what you give, but you have to give something to get something. So if you, if you give something that's quite negative, you get that back. If you give something that's good, you get that back. And I see it time and time again. For me, it's about investing in your people, investing in yourself and seeing the value in that and not going for the quick buck. The fact that you have this consulting um, and contracting experience, I think is obviously a huge asset to you as a coach, knowing the industry intimately in and out. Uh, but what's the starting point with a business owner? What's the most important thing they need to do when they start this journey on coaching? So we have to be compatible. I, I'm not compatible with everybody. It, it's a very personalized service. And some people might not adopt to how I do things and vice versa. But again, law of attraction, people come to me for a reason because I put out there what I'm about and they look at that and they go, yep, that's what I want to go for. That's what I want to achieve. I'm not all about money, Sean. Everybody knows that. It's all about you. You can make good money, but you, for me, it's never the focus. And these guys hear what I'm about. They 
I've, I've got workshops that I do. Um, I've got videos that are out. Um, I post stuff online and people come to me because they, they get my ethos. We, we feel we're aligned. So the first thing I need to make sure is that we are aligned in how we do things. Um, and if I feel that person isn't right for me or vice versa, of course, I don't want to take their money um, because it's just not going to benefit. But I think it's, you've got to understand about coaching. It's not a quick thing. It doesn't just happen overnight. A lot of, a lot, I think a lot of, I think a lot of people, business owners look to coaching because their business is in their eyes failing and they want a miracle. And it's not always a coach that's going to solve that really it's the, the person who does the hard work is the business owner. And if they're willing to adapt, listen, learn, and, you know, make some developments. Um, and I, I'm not using the word change because people get scared of that one, but developments, then, you know, they've got the recipe to sort of move forward with it. You raise a good point there. I can imagine rapport is really important uh, with a coaching relationship. You have to have that commitment and uh, call it chemistry if you want, but you need to be compatible in terms of uh, getting what's mutually beneficial out of it. Um, but how you mentioned in terms of that development, um, the fact that they're going to put a lot of work in, how important is reflection in the coaching process? Oh my God, reflection is one of the most important things, uh, not just in coaching, but in your personal life. Reflection, like, and this is the issue. Electrical contractors, as the business owner, or even ele electricians, we're all so freaking busy because we work so many hours. We travel all over the country listening to podcasts like the Schneider podcast. And um, we, we go home, we've got our family, we work again when we're home and it's about creating that self time. So a lot of what I try and encourage people to do is get out of the habits of overworking and actually spend time on your own. And yeah, of course you need to spend time with the, the other half and the kids because you know, of course you've got to do that, but that self time of reflection. And even if you make it a ritual and into routine on Friday, you, stop work at a certain point and you reflect of the week and you, you write down what's been good, what's been bad and how can we improve on that next week? It might be, it's, it's okay. Sean, it's okay to have problems. It's okay. If you've come in on a Monday and you, you've been a bit snappy and you, you, you've noticed that your team aren't quite functioning, but for a productive team, you need to have that mutual respect between everybody. You need to have the direction. You need to manage it correctly and that reflection is so important, not just for you, but for your employees as well. That's some really good advice there. Um, you mentioned earlier in the podcast that you've been in the fire safety segment of the industry. What drew you to fire safety? Mate, <clears throat> no. Um, <laughs> um, I think I just kind of got into it, as in uh, before I had my own company, I worked for a company that was split between electrical and security and they'd done some fire stuff on the security and the security boys didn't want to wire pyro and you know fp cables and i'd wire anything give me a bit of cable when i'll put it in anywhere in the country so i showed a keen eye and just kind of got into it then and then an opportunity came when i had my own company where 
a client wanted us to take over the electrical and fire maintenance as a package, we had to get BAFE uh, SP203-1 registered, which I did, and my God, that opened my eyes big time, which I believe also helped my electrical contracting. But then when I saw, there's, there's it, it, a lot of it's commercial reasons, I believe it's easier to make good money out of fire if you do it correctly and if you are efficient in how you do it. And for me, it's, it's how it's my bread and butter. So, you know, in terms of like compliance and contracting or consultancy for me, it's commercial reasons. It's, it's the money. And, and it's not, it's not just that it, it fascinates me because it's not, it's different to, I mean, don't get me wrong on electrical systems. Now you get all sorts of weird and wonderful smart technology, Obviously, fire panels, they are interesting. You know, they're like a little computer. You've got to use software. Um, there's a little different aspect of engineering that goes into it. So I've, I've done some amazing projects that, you know, are really difficult to overcome some issues. And being an engineer, obviously, I love that. That's what it's about. It's about, you know, what have we got to do? Here's the problems. Here's the challenges. And this is the solution. And standing back and go, yeah, I did that. So, you know, it's not, it's not fully about money. <laughs> <laughs> And in terms of the industry, uh, in terms of fire uh, safety and regulations, do you see any issues or have any points of contention or what's your views on uh, the industry at the moment? How long have you got? (laughs) (laughs) All night. (laughs) Um, There's lots of issues. There's tons and tons of issues, but do you know what? There's no one simple solution. Um, None at all. There's training needs to improve in terms of attitude, more so attitudes towards it. Not, I mean, there are some poor training companies out there, but it's more everybody's attitudes towards training and what it is for. Bearing in mind, we are installing life systems. We're installing systems that can kill people if they're not done properly. That needs to be taken seriously. And just because actually if you look into it not many people die it's it's no excuse at all and just because we maybe have a better you know national safety record than say some other countries we can't go well we're better than them so therefore you know what we're doing is absolutely fine no we need to do everything we possibly can but simply because as an individual as as a professional sean i can't go to bed at night thinking what if, what if, you know, oh God, I've done that wrong or, you know, that's a problem. If, if this happens, I might go to bed and, you know, they, they've died tomorrow and that's on me. I can't go, you know, I can't have that conscience on me. Yeah, yeah. So that sense of accountability and uh, owning your own actions. Accountability, yeah. So what's next for you, Dan? You've taken us on the journey of when you started as Dan's the engineer and you've been filling us in on what you've been up to the last couple of years. But what's next? Where are your plans for the future? So I never said I would do this, but, you know, life changes all the time. And what I thought three years ago might be different to what it would be in three years' time. Um, An opportunity has uh, popped up in front of me to get back into contracting in terms of compliance. And um, I think I'm going to take it, Sean. And I, I still do my coaching because I work with, you know, intimately with a, a number of, you know, business owners that, you know, they're like friends. It's crazy, yeah. like the relationships, and we can do that. Um, but 
since I've mentioned to a very small number of people about getting back into stuff, you know, it's looking positive from all angles. So um, it's how I know how to make a living. It's, it's, I do enjoy it, Sean. I really do. I enjoy, so, you know, there's some things I don't enjoy, but you know, we can't have everything in life. It's all about balance. Um, And I just think what I know now to what I made mistakes along the way last time or, or, you know, the positives of what I've made, like Jesus Christ, I've saved myself seven years because I don't forget. I coach people this day in, day out. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So it should be, it should be easy for you. Um, Well, well, you say, you say, you say easy, Sean, but listen, we, we were in coronavirus territory right now and the economy, we don't know what the hell is happening. And, you know, there's, it ain't going to be the same to what it was before coronavirus. So, you know, it's crazy. Yeah, it's it's definitely turbulent times for business owners. I mean, definitely. I don't know if you saw first time in the US history ever uh, that oil futures went into negative territory. Yeah, I read about that. Um, I mean, it's definitely strange times and starting a business at the best of times is not a walk in a park, but confident uh, you'll make every success of it. So Dan, exciting times for you, you starting your new contracting business. Um, as a business coach, you have a lot of experience in this um, arena. Can any of our listeners uh, expect new content in the future um, You know, to help support their development? Absolutely. So what I'm, I mean, what I've been working on for a long time is bringing together some good service providers within this industry, plus stuff that I've been working on in the past um, and creating some resources that contractors or, you know, business owners can use for their electrical fire alarm company. Um, there's going to be loads of resources. I mean, there's, I've got a website in development right now, so that's not ready to sort of, but it's going to be launched soon, um, which is really exciting. And I mean, people have been chasing me for a long time at the minute. Uh, a lot of what I give my clients is what's going to be on there. I mean, free resource. And it's about the, the whole purpose is to, you know, raise the game a little bit, Sean, if I'm honest. Um, even though some of these people, ironically, will be my competitors, if you like. To me, it's all about increasing everybody not just myself it's about and just my clients is is raising everybody which actually benefits me as well you know indirectly yeah i mean we're all passionate about the industry and we're trying to do our part to improve the industry um if if they want to get hold of you and they don't already know who dan the engineer is how do they get hold of you so the best way i mean connect with me on linkedin um i'm always posting on there you can get me on twitter Check out my YouTube channel, Danzy Engineer. I also have a website, which is danzyengineer.co.uk, which has a blog post section on there as well. And obviously has more information about what's coming up with me. Perfect. Um, Closing this out, I just wanted to ask you one or two more questions. Um, What would your number one piece of advice be to someone who's newer to the industry? If you rewind back in time and imagine yourself uh, 10, 15 years younger starting your own company out, what advice would you give to a young electrician or electrical engineer looking to start their own business? Practice makes the master. Um, Millennials these days want things very quickly, but everything we do is a journey. 
and kind of everything we've touched on before, learning, Sean, and reflection, and also self-awareness. So I think um, as much as you need to work your backside off, you also need to understand it's not just about work in life. You've got to look after yourself. If you can't look after yourself, you can't look after your family. You can't look after your business. You can't look after employees. You have to look after yourself. Too many people run themselves into the ground. So it's about having that nice, happy balance. So, you know, working 90 hours a week might seem fantastic for the money, but you will run out of batteries at some point. Yeah, it's not sustainable. <laughs> um, is there any new favorite kits or gear that you really enjoy? So my drill um, that I've bought and um, my um, uh, test equipment is all Schneider. Um, I only buy... <laughs> um, no, I've... Do you know what? I think it's... I've always liked Mega, um, you know, for test equipment. And again, you speak to Mega, they give you, you know, the advice that you need and help and assistance. I like that. I've built a relationship, so why would I change that? So I do like Mega. And in terms of, like, power tools... I've always, I used to get um, Bosch in the past, um, years and years ago, and I had one drill that caught on fire next to my face when I was drilling a ceiling, and I was like, screw this, and my mate bought a brand new Dewalt at the time, and I started using that, and I was like, I love that. So I, I have kind of stuck with um, Dewalt. I haven't explored so much. However, I must say, quality in general isn't what it used to be, but then do you know what? That's no surprise. That is, is what it is these days in terms of like, you know, things were bulletproof back in the day. Um, whereas now it's more, you know, everything's a throwaway item. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, to be honest. Apart from, apart from the Schneider. I mean, definitely. <laughs> and then this is a little cheese uh, on the podcast, but I've been asking guests if they could invite three people to dinner, dead or alive, who would they be and why? Right, that's a really, really tricky question because, oh God, you've put me on the spot. <laughs> um, the first person that comes to mind straight away, Russell Brand. Right, I love the guy. I love his, the way he talks. I love his intelligence, his point of view. I love that he can show that he's this, this celebrity guy but also has a vulnerable side, which I think a lot of guys don't show uh, enough of. So I think he'd be, um, and plus he's bloody funny. This person actually that comes to mind is Ricky Gervais, simply because I just think he'd be such a laugh. I've always loved Ricky Gervais, but I think why this has just popped in my mind is because um, whilst we've been talking about this, um, a YouTube video has just popped up of them two on a podcast together. <laughs> so I'll be checking that out later on. And, and yeah, Ricky, I, I just love his work. For our listeners, uh, what's the name of the podcast? It's, um, it's Russell Brand's podcast, which is called um, Under the Skin. I believe, yeah. I believe you have to pay for it now, actually, but they usually give you free snippets on, on YouTube, um, which is sort of funny enough. But he, he has some, I like listening to podcasts of really deep, interesting thinking. Um, I listen to some business podcasts, but not a lot of them. It's more about, um, philosophy and just sort of uh, strange principles i mean i'm a bit strange so um i'll put that in the show notes for anyone listening if they want to uh, listen to their podcast 
Yeah, no, it's definitely good. He's, he's had loads out in the past. And um, yeah, loved, when I was travelling, I was listening to him all the time. And I think um, the next person, which I think would be, bring sort of a similar dynamic to the table, is the Dalai Lama. I just think I've always watched videos about him. And yeah, I just think it would be interesting because you've got Ricky, who's this... Uh, you know, he's just a bit you know, a comedian, and of course Russell is. But Russell's this spiritual guy as well, and I think it'd just create a nice little balance across the table while I'm sitting there just wondering what the hell's going on. <laughs> to be honest, uh, uh, Dalai Lama, I'd uh, be very jealous. I remember uh, as a kid, my headmaster met him. Really, and I think it's the only time in history that I was ever jealous of my headmaster. Um, <laughs> <but I> also <laughs> love to meet the Dalai Lama. Um, wonderful character. I actually have another question for you, Dan. Um, I know you're going to be putting on some hiking boots soon and doing a bit of trekking for a good cause. Do you want to tell our listeners what it's all about? I will indeed. Now, first of all, I hope it's going ahead just because of the coronavirus. I mean, it's in September, but you never know. Um, I'm for the electrical industry charity. I'm raising money for them, obviously, which um, if you don't know about the electrical industry charity, you need to check them out. They're a charity for the electrical industry and anybody in it. And I know a lot of people who aren't aware of them. Um, so check them out because if you're suffering with depression, uh, mental health problems, financial problems, they are there to support you. So that's what they do. They're, they're a charity for our industry. Um, and we're hiking Machu Picchu in Peru, which is somewhere I've wanted to go for a long, long time. So obviously it's amazing. I've been training for it, although uh, since the lockdown, obviously I can't. Um, so yeah, I've got a, I've got a just giving page. Uh, you can, you know, if you, if you go on my social media, it's all pinned up on there and you can sort of look at it anyway. And what I'm asking for people is that, um, you know, I don't want to beg for people's money or anything, but if I've ever done anything, I do a lot of free content online. I do, um, you know, I've done so much Sean over the years. I say, if I've ever helped you, even just a fiver sort of helps. I know, it's, it's hard right now because it's trying times. So, you know, I understand. But if you do, if you can spare a couple of quid, then please do because it's going back towards the industry. Oh, it's a great initiative, Dan. And I think um, we'll definitely get you back on the show after that to get yeah. more juicy details on how exactly it went and maybe catch up on how your new business venture is going. Um, as always, it's been a pleasure, Dan. Uh, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Yeah, thank you very much for having me, Sean. Thanks, Schneider. Thanks for listening. If you are enjoying this show, please leave a review. Hit subscribe and stay tuned for more episodes.